All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the November 4th edition of the Alligator Sports Podcast. As always, I'm Joe Henry, one of your hosts. I am joined by Jackson this morning. Jackson, what's up? What's going on, Joe? Uh, it's early again. Early, quote unquote. We always be doing this, man. We need to start recording on like Wednesday nights. That would honestly, I think, work a lot better. I think there'd be a lot more energy coming towards the podcast on a Wednesday night. You'd be catching me in a lot better of a situation on a Wednesday night to record. Uh, but I don't mind, you know, starting my starting my uh, Thursday morning off with a little podcast, talking a little Florida Gators football. It's always like fun. don't tell like Ryan about this, but like sometimes I just like forget this podcast exists, and then it's like, oh shoot, I need to like we should do that. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, definitely don't tell Ryan. We'll see if he actually listens. I can tell this you for a fact he does not. Uh, he told <laughs> me what maybe I shouldn't be throwing it, throwing him under the bus like this on the podcast. No, it's he okay. He told me one time that he only listens to podcasts that uh, he's on. So that's like a musician being like, I only listen to the music I make. That's so weird. It's I don't know. He also said that. Um, Thanksgiving food isn't good and that Anthony Richardson would be bad. So his takes are else. He also said that Freebird is a mid song. If we want to get into Oh all yeah, of- I was trying to think of his his most atrocious one. It's that. He said Freebird is an okay song with a good guitar solo. Get out of here. By the way, Michael's here. Hello. Also, you guys were talking about how early it is. It's like 10:30. Like it's it's not early. <laughs> we did this last week. We always are like it's really early. We're tired, and it's past last week. We, last week we said that we were talking like this, and we were we recorded at eleven. Yeah, it was later. <laughs> we like started recording at eleven, which means we like didn't actually like hit record until like eleven thirty because we like talked for a little bit before. It is the exact same thing. Every week it's just gonna be like we're tired, and by the way, it's three p.m. Yeah, Michael, football beat writer for the Alligator. How are you doing this morning? You seem much more awake than the two of us, and I guess that's a good thing. I'm uh, I'm doing, you know, excited to. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me, uh, having me back on. Excited to talk some, some, uh, some Florida football and some college football playoff rankings, and really just whatever, whatever we want to talk about. I'm excited. Now that I know Ryan doesn't listen, we can talk about literally anything. This is fantastic. <laughs> Maybe we will talk about the NFL. Screw them. Yeah, we will. Hey, Titans, they're taking on the Rams this weekend. It's going to be a tough matchup. Derrick Henry's out, but they signed AP. Right the ship. Right the ship. Yeah, we'll see how that works out for you. The Jaguars are all running back is also day-to-day, so pain over here. That happens. I mean, Jags, baby. What, are, what are the Jags competing for at this point, at this point in the season? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> the number one overall pick again. There you go. Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau. Come on down. There you go. Like, actually. Yes. It's so sad. Go Jaguars. Okay. Florida, Georgia. That happened. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that was in Jacksonville. Speaking of Jacksonville. It's called a segue. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> we did it. We're so good. We're so good. We are professionals. Yes. Ryan should listen to this podcast. I mean, why wouldn't he? It's literally so good. So, yeah, Florida, Florida, Georgia happened and went about the way we probably all expected. 
Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was a little closer than I expected from yeah. my prediction. I also, had last Flor- week. I also had Florida scoring 13 points, so that was kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you were adamant that Georgia would be able to hold Florida to under two touchdowns, so you were you were right in that sense. And you also said that uh, Georgia was going to score a lot of defensive touchdowns, which is pretty much all they did. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just a wild game, the way the whole first quarter played out. And then the second quarter was kind of more the same until you get to the end of the second quarter. And what was it, Michael? It was like two minutes and 15 uh, seconds or something like that. Yeah, it was in the last two minutes. I mean, Georgia outscored Florida, what, 21 to zero in those last yeah. like, from 216 until the half. Uh, it was it was a 3-0 game with 216 remaining in the half. And Florida fans had to be thrilled with that, right? You're down 3-0 to the number one team in the country. And then Georgia scores a touchdown, turnover, Georgia scores a touchdown, pick six. And you go into the half down 24-0, and the game is over. Um, you take out those two minutes and 16 seconds, and it's a competitive game. I mean, you take those out, and Florida only loses by six. You want to hear a wild stat? Georgia had 354 total yards. Florida had 355. Florida had 20 first downs. Georgia had 18. Georgia had the ball for 27-40. Florida had it for 32-20. They each had three turnovers. Florida had seven points. Georgia had 34. I mean, from the box you- score, like if you look at it from that perspective, Florida won, which, hey, that's how Mullen likes to look at it. So really, Florida won this game. I know. I mean, we joke every week about how, haha, like Florida led and all the stats, but they lost. But Dan Mullen thinks that's a win. Like, very funny. But it's kind of sad. Like, when you read all those stats out and then you read the final score and Florida gets dominated, something is seriously wrong. Like, that, there's a, there's a serious case of mismanagement going on, if that is the case. Because there's no way that a team is outgaining, getting more first downs, turning the ball over just the same as another team, and is getting beaten by three to four touchdowns a game. Like, that's just unreal. No, it makes zero sense. I mean, Florida's, like, has outgained their opponents in every game this season, um, and they're four and four. It It is super confusing. I don't totally understand how that's possible. Um, <laughs> but whatever happened in Jacksonville happened. I don't think anyone was actually expecting a win. Um but those last two minutes of the first half, man, that was some of the worst football I've ever seen. Um, yeah, it was just so reflective of the season, like having a pretty consistent competitive game for almost the whole game and literally two minutes of chaos brings it to a, a beating from Georgia. It's, it, I was live on location in Midtown Gainesville at the Social House and let me tell you, after the end of the first quarter, the vibe in there was as if Florida had just won. They, everyone was very excited. And then those two minutes happened, and it was like the place went silent. It, 
and just stopped focusing on the game. Like after after those two minutes, people just gave up because they've seen Florida football this season and they've seen how things fall apart so quickly and they knew it was over at that point. I was chilling downtown in Jacksonville. Um, that's where I'm from. So I went home for the weekend, hanging out with my parents, a lot of my family all come to Jacksonville. It's like a holiday weekend pretty much for Florida, Georgia. That's how it's always been. And we're all like chilling down there. We've got like four quick shades set up in the fairgrounds parking lot, tailgating two TVs, big old setup. And the first quarter happens. I'm sitting there and I'm like very like suspect about what's going on. Cause I kind of felt that what was going to happen that what did happen was going to happen. And my dad's sitting there and he's all optimistic, a little bit of liquid courage in him too. And he's just like, man, they're really, they're really hanging with these guys. This team's, this team's not as bad as their record says they're, they're hanging with them. And then it happened. And then at halftime, my dad was like, all right, we got to pack this up. He was ready to go home. <laughs> yeah. That dad optimism is unreal. My, I also had my father visiting. Uh, he came up to me for the weekend in Gainesville and he was the same way after the first quarter. He's like, Hey, they got fight. You know, they're a talented team. You can say what you want to say. They got fight. And then that's always talking like, about fight, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> this they team, love the this fight. team's got some grit, man. It's just it's, like, it's okay, got dad, a, got a lot of heart. They love, you know? they they love sizes love. and the sizes of dogs, sizes of hearts of dogs. It's, the not, it's not the size of the <laughs> size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Um, yeah, they're yeah, all was, about that. But at the end of the third quarter, he was like, "All right, let's go. Let's go back to your apartment. I'm, I'm tired." <laughs> I was, uh, I was there. I was actually on location. Me, Ryan, and Zach, we were all in the press box, and we were sitting next to the football writer from the Red and Black. His name's Stuart. And like after the first quarter, we were all talking, like, "Hey, this could like maybe be a game." Um, and then, you know, those two minutes happened, and we just kind of look at Stuart. We're like, "Oh, this is." This is what we expect. He's like, yeah. Um, it was it was fun being there. The atmosphere was electric as usual. Um, but yeah, those two minutes, man, I it was really bad. Um, I also think that starting Anthony Richardson and throwing him into the fire like this may not have been the smartest call. Um, yeah, we can get into that. I mean. Having his first career start be against arguably the best college defense we've ever seen may not have been the best move. And it's yeah, I mean, if you're gonna f- finally after after pretty much the general population has been begging Dan Mullen for weeks to make a change at the starting quarterback position to relinquish the majority of snaps to Anthony Richardson to pit Georgia. It almost it almost feels petty to pick this game to be the one that he has to finally kind of give up on his guy like Emory Jones, the guy he's been sticking his neck out for all season, which is fine. Like none of this falls on Emory Jones. It, it was just it's been a very hard year for the whole team, but Anthony Richardson is going to end up like he's the better option, and they should have been going with Anthony Richardson, but to pick. Would have been no matter what. If Anthony Richardson started week one, Georgia would have been his worst game of the season, no matter what. To make that his first game starting, it, it feels a little weird. I mean, yeah, even if 
he's playing the whole year and you trot him out there against Bama, that's going to be rough. But he's still got that whole that home crown behind him. It would be different. Just yeah, the Florida Georgia energy in that, like pairing that with the Georgia defense, it was always just going to be a recipe for disaster. And I think Dan was at a point where he was kind of just going boom or bust because if you throw Emery in there, he's probably going to make similar mistakes and have similar turnovers and stuff like that. But if you throw Richardson in there, maybe he goes in and gets hot or something like that. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think you can even make the comparison to the Alabama game because Florida scored 29 points versus Alabama. They, they like whether it was the home crowd or whatever it was, they looked a lot better versus Alabama. So I think no matter what, uh, making this Anthony Richardson's first start was the wrong idea. If you were going to wait this long to put him in and start him, wait one more week. I honestly think it is a credit to how good Georgia this is, is this year too. The difference oh, in the sure. two games. I think Georgia is just leagues ahead of every other college football team this year. Oh, yeah, they, are, and they are far and wide the number one team in the country. They are number one in the playoff rankings, and Bama is two. And the point differential between what Florida could do against them was 22 points, and that's the number one and two team in the country. That's wild. And and maybe that reflects more on the committee than it does even the two games. <laughs> we can, we can get I mean, into that, yeah. but – but maybe, maybe it's a matter of like Alabama should not be the number two team in the country. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting looking at these rankings. There's so much that can just be kind of picked apart because there's undefeated teams that are kind of just scattered through this top ten. George is very clearly at one. And it's like, is Bama at two just because of the fact that they're Bama? It feels like a lot of people's, a lot of teams' rankings on this list are being decided by Alabama. Like, they're they're making choices as to not step on Alabama's toes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very confusing watching these be unveiled. Um because they, they went, like, top six. They started out Georgia one. Everyone was like, okay, obviously. Yeah. Then Bama two was a surprise. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily, like, wrong. Um, I My personal rankings, I had Bama at five. I had them outside of the top four. Um, then Michigan State at three. That makes sense. And then Oregon at four is one of my biggest issues. I had them at, like, eight. They lost to Stanford who's unranked, has some bad losses this year. Um, if you're going off the eye test, Oregon hasn't looked that great. They have the big win over Ohio State, but I think the loss to Sanford really balances that out. Um, and then you put, <coughs> you put Cincinnati at six, who has a top 10 win on the road against Notre Dame and is unbeaten this year. Uh, I think this just kind of proves that this committee – doesn't respect group of five teams and that a group of five team won't get into a 14 playoff. Never have never will. No, I think that's just what it comes down to. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it really, I, they, I think they base it off playoff history because 
there's been occasions in the college football playoff where uh, the media will get really excited about it. It's typically Alabama taking on another team, and then they will absolutely crush whoever they're taking on. Like, you can look back to the 2016 semifinal. People gave hype to Clemson, Oklahoma. Clemson beat Oklahoma by 20. Uh, people gave hype to 2017 semifinal. Alabama playing Washington. They beat them 24 to 7. Uh, Clemson beat Ohio State 31 to 0. The very next year, or a couple years later, LSU beats Oklahoma 63 to 28. So there's been a lot of occasions where it's like teams that are, you know, like breaking into the playoff have to take on Alabama and, and they get dropped. And I think that's maybe some of the reasoning by behind like why Alabama is number two based on their own playoff history. But that's not that's not the right way to do it. Whether you think that Alabama could beat teams like Cincinnati or Michigan State or Ohio State or like whether or not you think those games in the playoff would go Alabama's way, like based on this season and their performance this season, like you have to give those teams the opportunity to be ranked better than Alabama because they've earned it. They haven't lost games to Texas A&M. They haven't dropped you know, weird in-conference games. They're undefeated. They're getting top 10 ranked wins at home. I'm talking about Cincinnati mostly here because that was everyone's initial strongest reaction is Alabama's in the playoff and Cincinnati's not. And I think people are correct to, correct to be upset about that. Alabama lost to Texas A&M, who people have ranked or who have, the committee has ranked as number 14 in this list. And at the same time, number six Cincinnati beat number 10 Notre Dame in South Bend. I, I just don't think you can look at that and look at that and logically make the choice that Alabama should be ranked higher than a lot of these teams. I think the only reason A&M's at 14 is because the committee is like, oh, they beat Bama. They beat Alabama. That's what I'm saying about how uh, like a lot of these rankings seem to be based around how Alabama has done. Like, oh, well, they, you know, they beat Bama, so they should be number 14. And then teams that beat Texas A&M, like, oh, Auburn beat Texas A&M, so they should be number 13 because Texas A&M beat Alabama. Like, that's not how that works. I mean, or like – saying I, Ole Miss should be 16 because they lost to A&M or, and, or they lost to Auburn. And Auburn beat A&M and A&M beat Bama. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you shouldn't be basing your entire rankings off of one team. And, like, I feel like it could also be – that because Georgia is just in such a different class and they're just so obviously one that the rankings start at number two, like it goes from there and then trickles down. And then the committee also just, it's always confusing where they obviously have preference to power five conferences and everything. That's why Cincinnati is being disrespected and is at six when they should not be. But if they're going to stick to that narrative and not care about the group of five schools, what is Oklahoma and Wake Forest doing at eight and nine if they're both undefeated? Like, it just seems yeah. counterintuitive to everything the committee is like always said about how they rank teams. Because, like, I saw an argument from like a clip from ESPN on Twitter the other day and said if Wake Forest had had the Clemson logo next to their name and their name was Clemson with the exact same resume and the exact same record, they'd probably be number two or three in this ranking, which I 100% believe. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that just because they're named Wake Forest, they're not getting any respect. I mean, putting them at nine 
an unbeaten Wake Forest team at nine is low. And then putting Oklahoma at eight, who since they replaced Spencer Rattler with Caleb Williams, has looked like a top three team in the country. Like they're um, passing the eye test at this point. Yeah. And, and that's going to be their team for the rest of the season. And then if you also look at like playoff pedigree and stuff like that, it's Oklahoma. They've been a mainstay in the playoff forever. It does like, it, I just don't get how they're eight. I don't get no, it. I don't, I don't understand how they're eight at all. Um, because I think, I think they should be in the top four, honestly. Um, I, I had Georgia, Cincinnati, Michigan state, Oklahoma. Those are my top four. Um, where'd you have Wake Forest at? Like five or six, just looking, just on the outside looking in. Yeah. Yeah. Outside looking in. Um, because I had, I had, I had Oregon where Oklahoma is. I had Oregon at eight. I don't think Oregon's that good. Um, but yeah, since Oklahoma has started Caleb Williams, besides the weird game against Kansas, they've been dominant. Um, and they'll have a chance to prove that later on. They still have a few tough games left. Um, they have Oklahoma state. They'll have a big 12 championship. So they'll have, excuse me, they'll have a chance to rise in the rankings, but these initial ones, it, it's confusing to say the least. And I think the backlash, oh, go ahead. I think the backlash to these rankings might set them straight a little, but I, it's just hard. It's like it's once you're put in the spot that the committee puts you in, it's hard to change the committee's mind, which I think is really unfair. And it, it questions the integrity of the list, because if the committee just gets to decide who they, who they think, based on their opinion, are the best four teams, and then after weeks and weeks of re-polling and re-ranking, it'll just be the same four teams at the end of the season, you know, uh, permitting like a big collapse by one of these top four teams. Then like, what's the point of having these rankings in the first place? If you're just going to pick which teams you like to play at the end of the year, there it takes the competitiveness out of it. That's like kind of along the lines of what I was going to say is if you're inside the top 10, yeah, you're like on the outside looking in, but it means that you need stuff to happen above you at this point. You're not controlling your own destiny to get there. So if you're a Wake Forest in Oklahoma who are on a path to pretty realistically having an undefeated season and winning your conference title game, you still need, there's still three Big Ten teams ahead of you. Like, yeah, they might, they're probably going to shuffle out of the mix and take each other out and everything. But just how do you get all the way back up the rankings now because you started so low to begin with? It just leaves a lot of work to do, even when you're very clearly and obviously on the trajectory to run the table and win a conference title anyway, which is what the committee always says that they value. They're like conference champions. That's like a big thing for them. And two teams that are the two teams in the ACC and the Big 12, and then you can even look in Cincinnati, are all on the trajectory to go do that. And they're like, ah, we'll keep you down here. You still got work to do. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a a tough stretch of CFP rankings this season. But I think in the long run, that might help because this only makes the a better argument for expansion of the playoff. Because like you said, Joe, if they really want to rely on that system of we need to play the conference champions, like the true best teams in football, 
you need to play all the conference champions, all the main. Yeah, they, they're just it's just very like contradicting of like what they said all of last year and what they've said the entire time the playoffs been a thing. Yeah, I um I agree. I think that also just real quick, not ranking UTSA, but ranking Mississippi State and Wisconsin. Maybe the most egregious thing I've ever seen. Um, I was about to say, I was like, can one of y'all explain to me why Mississippi State is on here and let alone 17? Mississippi State's 17, and they're a three-loss team. And if you're going off the eye test, they're not good. It's blatantly just Power 5 and SEC bias. It's crazy to me that not only is there an insane Power 5 conference bias from the CFP, there's even more SEC bias, which I think is the reason maybe Alabama's in the top two. And if Oklahoma was able to move to the SEC this season and they were playing the way they were, I think they would be a top four team. But just because they're in the Big 12 and not the SEC, they're going to have to hang out in the Big 12 zone of the rankings, which is like six through 10. Yeah. Um, UTSA is 16 in the AP pool, and they're not ranked in the college football playoff poll. That's crazy to me. Over Um, a fourth of this poll is SEC teams. And the SEC is, like, not that great and not that dominant this year outside of Georgia. Like, even Alabama's, like, more suspect than they've ever been, really, since the playoffs existed. And there's still – it's there's still seven SEC teams in here. Like, it just doesn't make – this should be the year where teams like UTSA should be able to crack these rankings. Teams like Cincinnati should be able to be – at like five or four and have a very realistic shot of getting in because college football is just kind of outside of Georgia. There's no real dominance anywhere else. Yeah. I will say, I think the committee left a path for Cincinnati to get in. Obviously Michigan state and Ohio state still have to play Um, big 10 championships. So has to happen. And then the sec championship, which we're just on a collision course for Georgia Bama at this point. Um, if you're a, if you're a Bearcats fan, you're rooting hard for Georgia to win in Atlanta. So that way Bama has two losses and is not an SEC champion. Um, and you're rooting hard for Michigan State to beat Ohio State. Because in that sense, you would hop hypothetically, you would hop both of them. At this point, though, this committee might just keep in a two-loss Bama if that game's competitive. Like, it wouldn't shock me. It would be one of the least surprising things that they've ever done. Not that they should. Um, no. They absolutely. No, should. there's no way they should. No, it shouldn't be like this right now. It's just it's just ridiculous that for a team that has been playing as good as Cincinnati has been playing, I mean, literally doing everything perfect. They're, they haven't made a mistake. like, And they probably won't. They'll probably win out, win their conference. Like, they will have no – negatives on their resume besides the fact that they're University of Cincinnati and they're not Ohio State University or University of Alabama. It's just not fair that they should have to wait for teams that are doing worse than them to play even worse just so they can get consideration. 100%. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And then the thing is, is yeah, those things happen ahead of Cincinnati and it seems like they're going to move up. If Oklahoma 
plays the way that they are playing right now and continues to play that way and wins a Big 12 championship, Oklahoma will also jump Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah because then they will. you get back. They will. You jump back from the SEC over Power 5 bias to the Power 5 over Group of 5. There's, just, it, there's such a clear bias. You can just and you just want to look at the AP poll and the CFP poll. When there's that much discrepancy between two of the biggest polls in college football, one of them has a problem, and no one has had a problem with the AP poll yet this year. They, uh, I think the college football playoff just needs to come out and say, hey, we're doing this for ratings. Um, because that's what this is. They, they, want the big, they want the big money schools in there. Um, yep. Just like, hey, sorry, Cincinnati, but Alabama draws a crowd. Ohio State draws a crowd. Um, you don't. Yeah, let's you don't be real. All state doesn't want to sponsor a Sugar Bowl where the Bearcats are taking on the Michigan State Spartans. Exactly. Like, I think that I, that's obviously what's going on here. Uh, that game would be so good, though. It would. That's the thing. Like, fantastic. Real college football fans, they would, but you don't get you don't get the biggest markets. You don't get everybody watching your game when it's. Cincinnati, Michigan State. College football fans, of course, people that watch college football every week, your base fan will they'd eat that up. They'd eat it up. But the playoff, their college football is trying to make the playoff into a spectacle, like a spectator sport, an event, something like Florida, Georgia, where it's more than the teams playing. It's like it's a party, it's a huge event. But if everybody is pissed off at you nobody's gonna want to party and if it gets to the point where Alabama does get to take on it would in this case it would be they'd be taking on Oregon right that Michigan State oh Michigan State oh yeah yeah the two two versus three I mean I don't think that's gonna be a fun game (laughs) I'll be real I think Cincinnati Michigan State would be more fun than that Mm-hmm. I think that I think if I think if they go through with this and like pick the playoffs for ratings, it's gonna backfire really hard. Yeah, I don't think Alabama's obviously they're a very good team. I don't think they're Alabama of the last few years. I don't. This is this certainly is, not. This is the weakest Saban team we've seen since the playoff came around. I don't think that's a hot take. Um, this is a team that <laughs> barely beat a four and four Florida team. Uh, yep. It's a team that lost to Texas A&M. Uh, I do think Georgia beats them pretty handily in the SEC championship. Um, I agree. I don't think they would get in in that case, but who knows? To make it a guarantee that they don't get in, it would take like an, a loss to LSU this weekend, essentially. Which is so sad because that's pathetic. Like that should not be what is like, Deciding your playoff chances is a lot, you know. It's just it's it's really sad that this is what it's come to. One thing I was gonna add about the whole like ratings thing is one team that like I'm happy to see at 10 is Notre Dame, because normally Notre Dame's up in this top four just because they're Notre Dame. And it's like that's how the playoff is like very clearly a ratings thing. Like as much as they tell you it's not, it is. Because the amount of time times Notre Dame has gotten in this playoff and then just gets absolutely smacked by somebody. Like when Notre Dame was in the playoff against like Bama, they were in the playoff against Clemson. Like it just 
led to like bad football, which is why it's almost like you should put like the best teams in and then the games will be good. Right. This ratings, this ratings push, that's when it, it backfires every year. They always do this where they put, like there were years where Oklahoma probably didn't deserve to make the college football playoff, and they did because they were one of the, they they just got the Jordan logo on their jerseys, and they're one of the biggest brands in football. They got Kyler, they got Baker, like fine, but they weren't good enough to play the teams that they were playing, and they would get crushed by Alabama in the playoffs or crushed by Clemson. And they do this every year where they they throw at least one ratings team into the playoff. And a lot of years, yes, it's Notre Dame, and I'm pretty happy to see that it's not them this year. But this year, it's Alabama, and I think that's going to backfire. Yeah, as we get towards the end of this episode, we are a Gators podcast, so we're going to shift our attention back to Florida for a little bit. They are heading to Columbia, South Carolina this weekend to take on the Gamecocks. Michael and crew will be there covering the game. Michael, any impressions going into this game of what Florida is going to look like? They haven't talked to the media basically all week outside of Dan Mullen. That has been interesting and a fun storyline. Yeah, that has been really interesting. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, you're good. I was I was setting you up. There's there's something going on with this program, man. No one really knows, but it's weird. Um, Mullen met with the media Monday in the afternoon. And it was really short. It was like 10 minutes. Um, His answers were all really short. He was asked about recruiting, did not want to talk about recruiting. Um, And then we got an email about a half hour after that ended um, that media for the rest of the week was canceled. And no one was really sure why people still aren't sure why this happened. Um, It's it's really eerie. There's something going on with this program. No one really knows what it is. Um, if you're just looking at it, at the team itself, they're 500 South Carolina's 500. Neither of these teams have anything to play for. It'll be bad football. Um, like just straight up. It's not going to be a good game. South Carolina is not a good way. They, they barely beat Vanderbilt. Um, but I do think there's a non-zero chance that Florida loses this game just because of everything going on with this program. Um, they have no motivation. I don't, I don't foresee them losing, but I wouldn't be overly shocked if it's much closer. I think the spread's like 18 or something like that. Yeah, I, do think it'll be, I do think it'll be closer than that. Um, South Carolina has one solid player on their offense. Um, they're running backs averaging like seven yards a carry. Which the Florida he's run probably going to break a school record. I was about to say the Florida run defense was at one time a strength, and then Ty Davis Price um, for LSU decided to break every record in the book. So who knows? Um, I'm not overly excited for this game. I'm excited to go up to Columbia. Um, I've heard good things about the University of South Carolina. I'm excited to see it. It'll be fun to go. Um, but yeah, man, I don't. I have no idea uh, what's going on with this program. A lot of people don't. Mullen has been very quiet when it comes to the media and um, things like that, um, especially when they asked about recruiting after the game on Saturday. 
he was asked about recruiting and he said, we can talk about recruiting when it's recruiting season. Um, right now we're in, in the season. We can talk about recruiting later, um, which you can't do. You can't because Georgia was, had five stars all over the field on Saturday. Florida did not. Um, and the talent Gator that fans showed, lost their minds. Uh, yeah. The Twitter freaked day, out as and SEC coaches had a field day with that. Like SEC mm-hmm. media, SEC players, coaches, everyone like took subtle shots at Mullen throughout this week. Um, they're all like, yeah, recruiting's a 24 7, 365 business. Um, Ryan actually wrote a really good recruiting article the other day. I hate giving Ryan credit for something, but he wrote a good article just about the uh, recruiting gap between Georgia and Florida. Um, since Mullen took over in 2017, Florida's finished 14th, 9th, 9th, and 12th in the past four recruiting classes. They currently sit 22nd. Um, Georgia has the best recruiting class for 2022. Um, they've had the best recruiting class twice, two other times since 2018. They haven't been ranked lower than fourth since 2016. Um, That's how Florida should be because you're the University of Florida. You're the Florida Gators. You are the premier flagship university in the state of Florida, and you're losing recruits to Georgia, to Alabama, to Miami. It um, It's how Florida was. Yeah. No, it's an issue. It's a serious issue that Mullen has, uh, he's refused to address. And I think that's a big part of why media was canceled this week, if I'm honest. Um, I think he didn't want to deal with that. That's just conjecture by me. I have no factual basis to prove that on. Um, But yeah, man, it's been a weird week for Florida football. With all that said, Michael, you're going to lead us off. Score prediction for Saturday. And then we'll get out of here and get on with the rest of our days. <laughs> Score prediction. Um, let's see. I do think it'll be closer than 18. So if I were a betting man, I'd bet on South Carolina. Um, I don't think either of these teams score a lot of points. I'm thinking like 24-14 Florida, um, like a 10-point victory. Sounds about right. I was actually thinking along the same lines. I was going to say 24-17. Jackson, wrap us up. What you got? So, I also – my score prediction was also 24-17, but it's a little different because I'm actually going to pick South Carolina to beat Florida at home. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I I mean, this team has just been so disappointing this season, and I feel like even though they're not a good team – Teams have still figured out Florida. They've still, quote-unquote, figured them out. All you have to do is run the counter, and your running back will break a school record and score a few touchdowns. So I think they're going to look really bad. I think – maybe I read this wrong, but I'm pretty sure in the only media availability since that press conference Dan Mullen has done, which was a one-on-one with uh, Edgar Thompson – I'm pretty sure he said that Anthony Richardson has has not been practicing this week. So I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like there. I just think Florida is going to look really bad against a really bad team, and it's going to cap off a really bad season. So, yeah, 
24-17 Gamecocks. Jackson says all of that with just like a big smile on his face. <laughs> it's it's just comedic to me at this point. It's just it's you it's you have to laugh because if not you'll cry. Jackson hates the Gators confirmed. You heard it here first. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a sleeper agent. I'm a huge Bama guy, huge Georgia guy. I'm actually I actually work for the playoff committee. So I'm gathering intel and I, I, this is definitely getting reported back. You work for the playoff committee and you're spending your time on a Gators podcast. You're wasting your time. (laughs) (laughs) They should be nowhere in the discussion of the college football playoff. Unless you're like talking about the teams that that Florida's played. That's it. That's it. That Florida has been beaten by. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. All right. That's all we got. Thank you guys for coming on talking about some football this week. Playoff talk was fun, just getting to kind of roast the rankings a little bit. Enjoyed that. As always, following with Alligator Sports on Twitter and Instagram. The guys will have some really good coverage this weekend of whatever happens in Columbia. And yeah, that's all.